and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels and he said to them truly I say to you there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God has come with
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are still in the period of the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. We had the Sunday before the Exaltation of the Cross, the Feast itself, and then the Sunday after, and then tomorrow is the leave-taking. And so both the uh, readings have something to do with the Feast of the Cross, particularly the Gospel. And I just want to remind us, and we talked about this at great length during Bible study, that the ultimate meaning of the cross is God's love for us. That He proved His love for us by while we were yet sinners, willingly ascending the cross to suffer a horrible death for our life, for our well-being, for our salvation. And He proves that no greater love can a person have for others than to literally sacrifice himself. And so the cross is God's love for us. And we have to cling to this truth no matter what happens in our life or in the lives of people around us. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where very difficult things happen. Where we get shaken at the very roots if we are not clinging to the fact that God loves us to the fact that He is almighty and all-powerful and He would never, ever, ever let something happen to us if it wasn't an expression of His perfect love. If He couldn't work through that event, that trial, that tribulation, that struggle, even if we don't understand it at the time, if He could not work through it for our salvation, if He didn't know us, And he didn't know that we had the potential in our freedom to make the right response, to make the right choices, to make the right way of thinking so that in that trial, that tribulation, that difficulty, we draw closer to him and it's ultimately for our salvation. In the epistle reading, the Apostle Paul is talking about works of the law or faith and he says that we are justified by faith and faith my dear brothers and sisters is not seated or rooted in our feelings or in our emotions faith is when we know what is right and we cling to it and we think and we act according to that truth Those who have been coming in for confession or counseling or ask questions of various kinds to me know I've been using the metaphor of a train. And the train has an engine and the train has a caboose. And it's really good to make sure that every car in that train we understand is a part of our human person. It's not unimportant. But we have to make sure that our faith The truth and right thinking, the proper use of our free will is the engine driving that train and that our feelings and emotions are the caboose and not the other way around. And today we've been given beautifully probably one of the most incredible stories of the saints. 
that the church has to offer in the person of Estathios, the great martyr, and his wife, Theopisi, and his two children, Agapios and Theopistos. And I know we have at least two people in this community who have been given that name, so in advance I wish you many years, uh, Estathios and Estathia. And I want to I tell you this story. Some of you may know it. Some of you may know it really well. Some of you may not know it so well. And some of you may not know it at all. Because I think that God gives us a saint or saints whose stories, so different one from the other, that help us in every circumstance that we might face in our life. There's an example out there that we can hold on to, that we can learn from, that we can be inspired by, that we can imitate, that helps us on our own journey to salvation. And for anyone not understanding the providence of God, not trusting in that providence of God, or wondering why such hard things can happen in our life, where is God in all of it? This is the story that you need to know and cling to and to help you through your own trials and tribulations. They lived at the end of the first century, so these saints go all the way back almost to the beginning. And Astathios' name was Plakidas, and he was a great general of the Roman army <coughs> under Trajan. As fact, he was such a great general that he was undefeated and his soldiers loved him. If you've ever seen the movie Gladiator, Russell Crowe, he was that kind of general where his soldiers would do anything for him and they would follow him into any battle. This is not only because he was very brave, it's not only because he was very intelligent, he knew military strategy and he had great courage, but it was also because Plakidas the general was a very good person. He had a golden heart. He loved his family and he loved his soldiers and he had a, a lot of integrity. And the soldiers saw this and they gravitated to him for this reason. But God also know, noted this and knew him well. And he was a pagan. But he was a man of virtue, even though he worshipped many gods. And so God, in his providence, pursued Plakidas. And he met him exactly where he was at. As a hunter and a warrior and a person of, of uh, athleticism, he loved to go out on his horse and to hunt. And so Christ appeared to Plakidas in the form of a stag. And no matter what Plakidas did, he could not catch up to him. He could not shoot him with his bow and arrow. And he had to keep pursuing him throughout the forest until finally he was separated from the stag by a chasm and it was too far for him to shoot his arrow. And the stag stopped, turned, and faced Plakidas. And all of a sudden in the middle of his rack of antlers, there was the cross. And Plakidas bowed down on his knees and he heard the words, Plakidas, why are you pursuing me? And he said, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus the Christ who you have heard about. I am the way for you to salvation. 
And Plakiva says, I know you. And now I know your name. What should I do? And he told him to go with his household to the local bishop and to be catechized and to be baptized and to save his soul. So Plakidas returned on his horse to his family and he shared this with his wife whose name was Tatiana. Sometimes we go from a a non-Christian name to Tatiana. Well, Tatiana went from her name to eventually Theopisti after she was baptized. And she also had had a vision that they would come to know the true God. And so together with their children who were young at this time, still very dependent on their parents, they went to the local bishop who was a holy man, and they were catechized, and they were baptized, and they received Holy Communion. Well, Plakidas, now Ephsathios, and his wife, they couldn't imagine themselves living their life the same way. They couldn't imagine themselves doing what they were doing before. They wanted a completely different way of life. Sometimes this is how the Lord leads us. And so they secretly sold what they had, and they dressed like poor people, and they desired to start a whole new life of simplicity, but to go first to Jerusalem and make a pilgrimage and to see the holy sites. And so they embarked upon a ship that would take them there. And it's interesting what happens. Because the captain of the ship who looked upon Theopisti, who was beautiful, he desired her. And so he connived to, at port, abandon Estathios and the two little boys and then take off with the ship and with Estathios' wife to have her for his own. So when Estathios was dropped off and couldn't do anything about it and he had the care of his two sons, you can imagine that he thought the worst had happened. That this man had taken his wife and had made her his own slave. So I'm saying this because I don't want you to think that he knew the end of the story. This is what he was thinking. So already he is testing, he's being tested, he's facing a very severe trial. Husbands, imagine what you would think if this happened to you. The story goes on that Estatios needs to try to go and follow the the direction that he knew the ship would be going. So, he comes to a river that is swollen with the rains, and he has to try to carry his children one at a time across this river in order to try to get to Egypt, where he knew that boat would be docking and he could try to catch his, his catch up to his wife. So he had to leave one boy on one side of the river and in a dangerous way try to carry the other son to the other side of the river and then go back for the second son. So he was able to get the first son to the other side and when he got to the middle of the river going back for his second son, believe it or not, a wild beast, a wolf, began to drag that son away He was screaming. And another wild beast, a lion, on the other side of the river, was grabbing the other son and pulling him into the forest. And there was Estathios in the middle, unable to do anything for either of his sons. Again, 
you know what he's thinking. I just lost my wife, and now I've lost both of my sons to wild beasts. What would you do? What would you be thinking? How would you be feeling? Estathios went to the other side of the river, looked for his son, went back and looked for the other one, couldn't find them anywhere. Didn't see any sign that they had been torn to pieces, but at the same time he couldn't find them. So the only thing that he could do was go across again and continue on his way to Egypt. He looked everywhere for his wife. He looked everywhere for his sons, and he found them nowhere. And so, for 15 years, Estatios, in humble clothing, doing manual labor, continued to live out his life and to work out his salvation. With each day praying to God to help his unfortunate family, with each day asking for him to have clear thoughts and to continue to repent of the passions that he knew were there in his life, and to serve his fellow man, and to work with his hands, and to remember God. Well, back in Rome, a new emperor came to power, Hadrian. Now we're into the second century. And Rome was feeling all kinds of pressure from all kinds of enemies. But the army that had been undefeated did not have the motivation to follow a different commander. They wanted Placidus. And so two of his best friends in his life before he converted to Christianity, who were a part of that army, were sent by the Emperor Hadrian to go find Placidus and to implore him, if he was still alive, to come back and serve as the general of that army, to defend Rome against its enemies. And so after long and hard search, they found Placidus. They recognized him barely because he had changed so much, and he recognized them. And he discerned that it was God's will that he go back and serve as the general of this army. And so, to make a long story short, they were on their campaign. They had recruited many young soldiers to serve. And you can imagine, after 15 years, these two brothers, who we think had been ravaged by wild beasts, one had been saved by farmers from the wolf, and the other had been saved by shepherds from the lion, and raised by these clans, these villages. And they didn't know each other, but they both were recruited into the same army. On the ship, the wife was never ever ravaged by the sea captain. He was struck with an illness that made him very, very sick, and eventually he died, and she was sold off as a servant in a household. Lakitas took his army to the campaign, And their tents were set up on a field right next to that very household that his wife was the handmaid of, the servant of. And the two soldiers happened to be in the same platoon, and they happened to be talking to each other and sharing their lives. One saying that he had been separated from his father and drugged by a wolf into the forest and saved by farmers, and the other was listening intently. And he shared that he had been drugged away and separated by his, from his dad by a lion and saved and raised by shepherds. And then they instantly knew that they were brothers. And as this conversation was going on, providentially, the servant of the household, the mother, was listening to these soldiers and knew immediately that they were her sons. 
And so she went to talk to the general. And when she talked to the general, she then recognized that he was her husband. And together they went and the whole family was reunited. And you can imagine, after they shared their stories, the joy and the gratitude that filled their hearts. Now, an interesting side note. I shared a little bit about Abstathios. The Theopisti also properly named. Theopisti means faith in God. Never lost your faith in God. Because just as Abstathios had thought that he had lost his wife and his two children, she too thought that she had lost her husband and her two sons. The two sons, they experienced the care of these farmers and shepherds, but they had thought they had lost each other and their parents. But all the while during this 15-year period, they had never been overcome by anger, never been overcome by faithlessness, never been overcome by hard-heartedness or resentment. They had continued to follow God with all of their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength. God knew them, and He allowed these things to happen for a higher purpose, to make their faith stronger, and to reveal His power, not only in their own lives, but ultimately in the lives around them and in our lives some 2,000 years later. And I don't want you to think that this is the end of the story. That God didn't reunite them so that they could bask in temporal joy and happiness and live happily ever after as Walt Disney always says in their stories. Because God had a higher purpose even in this reunion. They went back victorious to Rome. The old Plaquitas had led this army again in victory over Rome's enemies. And as is usual in Rome when they had victory, the emperor and all of the leaders of the town wanted to celebrate and they would celebrate by offering their thanksgiving to the gods, by worshiping the idols and offering to the idols sacrifices. And they wanted their famous general, Placidus, who we know as Astatios, to lead that idol worship and offer the sacrifice. But he refused. With his wife and his two sons, now soldiers, they stood in front of all of Rome, in front of the emperor, and they proclaimed their faith in the God that they knew as Jesus Christ, the God of the Trinity, not these false idols that Rome had known so well. And it infuriated the Emperor Hadrian to be embarrassed that way, to be disobeyed that way, and to be showed up in that way. And so he had them arrested. He had them tortured. He had them, he attempted to have them put to death. But the Lord preserved them. Finally, in heated bulls, they were thrown into to give up their souls to the Lord. But before Estathios went in, it was heard by all those present. He prayed the prayer that his and his family's relics would be preserved. 
and that they would be a source of strength, of faith, and encouragement to the people that witnessed what happened. And so after they, they gave up their soul and they were taken out of this heated iron bowl, their bodies were perfectly preserved and they were able to be laid to rest by the Christians so that the church would have their precious relics. So my dear brothers and sisters, God wanted them to have the joy of reunion. He wanted them to be filled with gratitude. He wanted them to know that He loved them. He wanted to reward their faith and their trust, their clinging to the truth, their right thinking, which they exemplified in their life. But He had a higher purpose. He wanted them to witness all of this, including their faith in the resurrection, even to the point of death, even to the point of torture, so that their martyrdom could be life-giving to hundreds if not thousands around them then and in the succeeding centuries to the present day. So, we need to ask ourselves, when difficult things happen, when we don't understand them, when we could be tempted to feel that God is absent, do we cling to the truths of our faith that God loves us, that God is ever-present, that being almighty and all-powerful, He would never, ever let one thing happen in our life without working through it for our salvation, without it being an expression, a manifestation of His love for us. Do we cling to that? Do we hold on even when we don't get it? And do we cut off all of those temptations and flee them to be angry, to be bitter, to be hardened, to be confused, to be resentful, to be faithless. This is why God has given us Estathios, Theopisti, Theopistos, and Agathios. This is why this story seems so incredible. So that no matter what happens in our lives, we are not shaken. But we hold on, just like they do, for whatever purpose God has, namely our salvation, but also how it can be used in the life of those around us. So may this beautiful and holy family continue on this side of heaven to intercede for us and to be a source of inspiration and faith to cling to the truth that we hold no matter what happens in our life. Amen.